Hello and welcome to the Video Gamer UK podcast. And in a surprise move, I am your host, Alice Bell, this week. <laughs> and I am joined by Mr. Jim Trinker. Yeah, I'm here. And everyone's favourite, Tom Ori. Hello, it was a surprise, wasn't it? It was, yeah, you were I very didn't surprised. Even know this is happening. Yeah. Yeah, it was my idea. I think I'm ready, you know. Yeah, we'll I, see. I think so as we'll, well. See about that, so. won't we? So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so we're going to start off, I thought we'd do, like Dave isn't here with us yeah. today, but we're going to do a sort of mini news canon. Yeah, Because yeah. today, uh, as we are recording, um, is the launch of the Xbox One S. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's apparently been doing pretty well. It's been reported that the day one, like the launch stock for Amazon is sold out. And, and I think some game stores were saying maybe they'd sold out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the price has gone up on Amazon as well. The two terabit one. Yeah, those mercenary bastards. Yeah, it's gone up to two seven nine. Three eighty. Three eighty. Sorry, two seven nine nine. Three seven nine nine. It's very expensive. Yeah. I know it's two terabytes, but three hundred and even at three hundred and fifty quid, whatever it is normally, mm. is, is is an expensive piece of kit, isn't it? But, but what do we think this means? Because, you know, with Project Scorpio coming out as well mm. at some point, you know, <laughs> what, what do we think? I don't know when that's going to be. Project Scorpio. I know. It sounds like a Hydra subplot. Yeah, like, I know, but ridiculous. I don't know. Like, what, what, what is it going to actually be called, you know? Xbox. Xbox One. Xbox Two. Best. I don't know. But that's coming out. So it does seem like people are still buying the Xbox well, One have, S. It does have a kind of, well, the... Ultra HD Blu-ray player capabilities, I think it's quite a big deal considering yeah. it for the price it is, particularly if you buy one of the smaller storage options. I think yeah. it's only, what, 250 quid or so mm. um, when that's available. Over here. I'm not sure it is at launch anyway, but I think it, for what it offers outside of games, it's quite good value. But I, I don't, I'm not sure it's going to sell, at least in the numbers it is, for that long because it's just like the people that buy everything, like the Daves. Who the days of the world. Talking about buying one for he was oh my god! I've I've been on holiday and I came back and he, like yesterday and he was going. I don't know if I should pre-order an Xbox mm. One S and I was like, well, you already have, haven't you, Dave? Be honest. And he was like, yeah, I did, but I cancelled it. Mm. <laughs> like, lovely, lovely, Dave. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think if if you have already got an Xbox One, and, uh, apparently this also has like uh, on on some games the the, the GPU slightly mm, higher clock. That has been proven now. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was on rival publication Digital Foundry. Yeah. Um, apparently, some it runs some games like nine FPS faster. Um, Depends on the game, yeah. So, but, but, but I mean, that is. It's a, I mean, if if you really love Xbox and you want some games to perform better, you want the best box. It's it, it, it's it seems like you can get a decent. I don't know what you can get for your original Xbox now. If you sold that off, probably not a great deal. Yeah. But so, do you think then this is people getting a? a New, a current gen console for the first time I think potentially then well I think it's a bit of both I think there are yeah. people that will buy everything like you see it with limited edition consoles all the time people will buy another one just because they want the one with Darth Vader on it or something Jim yeah I mean I, w- I wouldn't buy a Darth Vader console what if it was <laughs> Doctor Who I what if it was like buy, a, what if it was uh, Kirk I wouldn't a, buy a Jean-Luc Picard console uh, no, still no. I'd get a, I'd get a Picard console, I, mate. I, um. <laughs> only if it like if it said you have the con when you turn it up or something, turn it on or something. I don't know. Make it so. Um, but uh, no, I, I think it, it's weird actually that the I mean the slim model of, of a, a console always sells really well for some mm. reason. Um, but I remember. I mean, I was uh, when I got my PS3. That was when the first generation of Slim came along. So yeah. 
it, it does seem to be it does seem to give these things a, a massive boost so um, it's not surprising that it's selling really well um, and I think the reports that it actually does perform better that probably won't get to the general general you know um, you know they, they buy one version of Call of Duty every year public mm. but for the for the hardcore crowd that is probably quite significant as well so I still think it, I don't think it's going to be even if games going forward took advantage of it the extra power which is it's not tons but it is there mm. well i don't think it's going to be comparable to ps4 in terms of, i don't think suddenly these face-offs are going to be like xbox no, but, wins but i think it is something that if you were like holding off buying one mm. and now you've seen that actually the xbox one is slightly better than what it was before yeah, yeah. yeah. it might be a little bit more tempting There's now just lots of little ways in which this is better so it looks a lot nicer i know some people yeah. aren't keen because it's white yeah, I, think it looks I think it looks pretty well. good like it is significantly smaller yeah. and it's got the whole like the actual power brick which is yeah. massive on the current one is all oh, internal yeah. now so yeah. it does, you do save quite a little lot of space like on my kind of unit at home it is quite massive yeah yeah I have trouble fitting it. I have mm. a nice little row yeah. yeah, and it doesn't fit in very well I've got to say but yeah, it's interesting, and it is interesting that it's gone up in like in price as yeah. well. I think I, it would be interesting to see if that affects uh, I mean, I it think at all. That, that's just rampant free market. Well, indeed, exactly. indeed. But but, um, but it's obviously selling well enough that they you know they thought they could get away with it. So. Yeah, and they will, which is which is the sad thing. Uh, but there we go indeed <laughs> alright well on that positive note let's keep the energy up and keep the energy going mm. uh, Tom I've got written down that you are going to talk about some dumb swimming bullshit which I believe said. is that Jim uh, wrote down I couldn't remember what it was called and I wasn't going to google it I even it, so. said the word I said Abzu Jim yeah that was Abzu that was so like Abzu, well before I got to this point. Um, I've been seeing some mixed uh, opinions about it some people seem to really love it and uh, mm. some people think that it's just kind of a load of bullshit I haven't, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen anyone say it's bullshit I have seen a few people really? bucking bucking the trend and being I think like, I yeah. think a lot of people have said that it's already not I, like me I think it's a, a very nice game I know nice is kind of a shit word to use yeah but it is like a lovely looks really nice um, it's like kind of an effortless game to play you just kind of do it the, the swimming and everything is all kind of um it all comes very naturally there's no challenge to it at all like in terms of like gaming there's no like puzzle solving or anything really it's kind of like you work through the game and you're, you're always going to get to the end and it's not a very long game like i think i finished it in about two and a half hours Dave says he claimed he finished it in 90 minutes. I don't know if that's true, whether it's like speedrunning. I, mean, I can yeah, talk yeah, yeah. and see Dave doing that. But it's a, it's a, if you are familiar with Journey, which was a PS3 and then ported yeah. to PS4, um, it, that was a kind of a adventure game of sorts, but it was more about just working through the environments and um, kind of that had the angle of like you, you randomly meet someone else mm-hmm. you never spoke to, but you interacted yeah. with in some way. This doesn't have any of that, but it is a similar kind of you're there and you're working through to solve some kind of mystery that is a bit vague. And even once you've played through it, what actually is going on isn't explicitly laid out to you or anything. Um, I think the fact that, I mean, Journey felt more like... The reason it's compared to Journey is the, um, the art director, I think, yeah. is responsible for this. Like, this is possibly his studio or at least... Well, so, so Abzu is all, it's kind of underwater, yeah. nice floaty, ethereal kind of exploration, mm. right? And I think Journey had a lot of that. Like yeah. it, it, did, it was meaning it was floaty. Yeah, sure. it was a Journey yeah. very deliberately at some points did 
make the sand feel like mm. water and stuff yeah. like that very obviously and it has similar similar like set up in, in ways like journey had moments where you were kind of exploring and then also suddenly you'd be like moving really fast skiing down the snow yeah. and stuff this has similar setup in that you might one area is kind of swimming around gently looking at all the the fish and uh figuring out exactly where you're going to go next and then next time you're being caught up in a current and you're whizzing down through some tunnels and stuff um and then the next moment you're looking at some kind of uh ancient sort of wall art to kind of give you a backstory of sorts it's similar it's a very similar setup the only thing that makes this for me anyway feel not quite as um engaging as journey is that you don't i don't quite connect with the character as much as in journey journey you i think it, they do a, a better job of making you have some kind of feeling for that character even though they say nothing and don't really do much to interact with you um there is a definite sense of like you can feel for the character more there's more of a struggle i think in journey particularly as you get towards the end mm-hmm. in in abzu it's uh it feels a lot more like relaxed i guess um and there is like emotion in it there's like kind of a sort of a, a story revolving around you and the other creatures in the sea and particularly one other creature um but I don't know, it didn't quite feel like it was like you were there watching it and kind of thing, but I didn't really connect with it as much as Journey, which is like, it's not a ton, a massive criticism because Journey is a very, very well-made game. So if it comes close to being that, it's still a very good game. Um, I think a lot of people will like it. it is, if, you, if you're not into games that aren't really gamey. Yeah. So you're not, you're not, if you if you didn't like Journey, this isn't yeah, gonna gonna. It's not. It's it tickle is, your pickle. It's not very do little. Much <laughs> there's very little here that is like a game. It's more of a like an interactive art piece, if oh, anything, okay. which is fine. Like you are in control all the time. If you really want to, there are a few collectibles even that you can go off and find. Oh, yeah, there's like some shells and bullshit. Yeah, right? like there there is stuff here, and you, I've played it through twice, and I think you would want to anyway yeah. because the first time through you will miss out on certain things. Um, and it's a, it's just a very nice game, I think, and and it looks really good. Like it is stylized to be a little bit simple looking. I think, like particularly um, some of the bigger creatures are quite um, lean in terms of like polygon use and stuff. They're quite sharp lines and things like <laughs> yeah. that. But that is the style the game goes for. Okay, but the way it's all brought together with the amount of like sea life there, uh, the lighting coming through from the, the uh, above the water and um the like the the plants under the sea and stuff and it all looks really really good there's a few moments with like shoals of fish swimming around and you can go straight through them and it's really impressive like um, i took quite a few screenshots playing through it and is it is it um like a is it side scrolling or do you move through like a 3d space it is predominantly 3d like you move around yeah there are like areas you go to and they're it's reasonably large but it's a very linear game you move from one area to the next it's not one big world um and certain points you are more or less moving across the screen rather than around yeah where you're kind of you lose that sense of control slightly but that's just like set pieces and stuff like that um but some of those are some of the best bits in the game they really impressive use of scale and things like that um but i think but i think i'm sure jim and you probably like it quite a lot I don't think it's for everybody. Um, I can t- the enthusiasm in your voice, Tom. It makes it seem like you enjoyed it very much. I, d- I, I did tell. enjoy it. Like I do like these kind of games. I'm also at the moment playing. Everybody's gone to the rapture. I know that's oh, really old. I, have you not played and that before? No. And in some ways, this is similar. Yeah. I'm finding that so dull. 
like it's such a slow it's unbelievably See, I, slow i really liked everybody's gone throughout and i like, like i like i like the idea of it and the setup and it's really it looks really nice and even just wandering around looking at the village is really cool but it's got it's such a slow game whereas journey and abzu they're much more entertaining for mm. want of a better word like you there's never really a, a, a it never slows down to the extent where you're just wandering around doing not much you're always <laughs> moving through which um i guess that's why it's only sort of two and a half two hours yeah two hours long but um i think you i don't know why you wouldn't enjoy that two hours at least and you might find it a little bit of a a bit brief but uh i think i think it's a very nice game See, I really liked everybody's gone through Rapture because it was so boring. Because mm. I grew up in a town exactly like that. Yeah. And I was walking around it going like, this is exactly like it. They've captured how terrible it is. Exactly. So yeah. I kind of hated it for a similar reason. Because yeah. it, it, uh, um, I, I kind of spent my childhood being dragged around fucking market towns by my parents. Really? Who, who were interested in touring places like that on holday. And yeah, we used to get coach loads yeah. into Marlborough. It's terrible. Yeah, and it, it it just made me feel like that, like going somewhere and gawping at the buildings. Yeah. Or whatever. So, um, but you know, to, I mean, I, the the artistry of everybody's gone to the Rapture is great though, and like the sense of place it has is. Well, yeah. The frame rate goes to dog shit, Jim. You bet you, you, the frame rate. Oh my god, <laughs> Dave was here to talk about it. Did yeah. you like Journey, Jim? Um, no. <laughs> I did. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I, th- I played through Journey after the kind of the f- the fuss had died down a bit, and I think I don't know. Maybe it was just a case of inflated expectations. Um, but I wasn't. That, I just wasn't that asked about it, to be honest. Yeah, I like the bit at the start where you surf down the sand dune. That was quite cool. But apart from that. What about the really cool bit that everyone likes? Where it's the bit like, where it goes sideways yeah. and it's all sunset and it's all bright gold and, and you're surfing really fast and that. Yeah, I won't bother. <laughs> the ending was really weird, though. If you'd been I quite like instead the of being a little person, if you'd been some kind of weird, weirdly shaped spaceship, would that have been better? No, it's nothing like that. No, no, no. I don't think uh, the setting was fine. It was quite. It was like an alien world as well. Like mm. it reminded me of Stargate, first of all, because mm. so, it did. Know, so it was because all the little glyphs in that. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> so you know, it, it, I was on side with it from the get go. Yeah, one of the things in Abzu that kind of show what kind of game it is. There are points where you see these kind of little statues. Yeah, you can just go up to them, and it gives you the option to meditate. So you, you sit on this statue, and then you just sit there and then you can go in so that you can become the other fish and sort of move around and that kind of thing and it is that's the kind of game it is to to an extent like if you sit there and you love just swimming around as other fish and just literally just going around with the turtles or whatever or the sharks great uh okay so absolute good yep is out, that out, on, out on ps4 and pc i think it's about 16 pounds possibly is it worth that I think, think I think it is. Yeah. I think it's a very nice game. Sixteen pound, but it is if you if you're going to be if you're the kind of person that only plays games once, sixteen pounds might seem a little bit rich. But I think you if you like it, you want to play it through. Like I played it through twice in about twelve hours or whatever it was. But yeah, it's um, I think it's a, a lot of people are going to like it a lot. I think some people will love it, and some people think it's just okay. But I think most people will like it. I've seen some people just saying it's bollocks, though. Some people no. just like, well, it's like Journey, but not as good. Mm. Yeah, it does mm. look bollocks, to be fair. 
Uh, so, <laughs> so, Jim, uh-huh. what have you been up to over the past week? Then, what do you want to say? Um, it's about spaceships, isn't it, Jim? Oh, of course, it's about. Well, it's about Star Trek. Um, I haven't played anything apart from Red Dead Redemption, which is really old now, so I'm not going to talk about it. Well, I mean, it came out. Um, it, it's been a re released yeah, I guess. But I'm 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 not even playing it on the new platform that it's been released for. Are you you're I, playing old school? I'm playing it on a three sixty, yeah. I don't have an Xbox Shit. one. Uh so yeah, um but it's you know, it's fun and it's good. Oh so I started playing uh, Human Revolution as well. Oh. Um getting ready for, for the new Deus Ex, which mm. I'm looking forward to. But um the the most recent thing I've done of any note is is watch uh, Star Trek Beyond. Uh how which, how how was that? Well um, I was really surprised. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I came out of it thinking, wow, they didn't fuck that one. So that was good. Um, Apparently, all I've read about it, I've read very little, mm. is that there's too much Simon Pegg. Well, a, I mean, he wrote, he wrote it, didn't he? <laughs> so is, that, is that actually a thing? There is a bit too much Simon Pegg, yeah. And he is, and he is, his interpretation of that character is very irritating. Because traditionally, that character is not like one of the core characters like he's, he's one of the wow, team I mean, but he's not like he's not like he isn't, front he isn't. and centre no like he's not front and centre he's, he's very important but he's never been he was never um, he's not a Spock but he's yeah yeah um, yeah I mean the, the, I mean the James Doohan version of that character was likeable and I said this on the review video we did yesterday far more um, convincing a Scottish person than <laughs> uh, despite being a Canadian actor than Simon Pegg is, who was born on this island and is married to a Glaswegian. So I don't know what the fuck happened there. <laughs> um, but he's just, his, his interpretation of the character is very kind of, got this fucking sing-song voice and he calls everyone laddie and lassie <laughs> and it's, it's irritating. Um, and it's not how anyone talks unless they were alive in the fucking 17th century. So I don't understand. But uh, apart from him... Um, it, it was it was really really decent, and I, I and I didn't like any of the reboot films until this one. Um, I thought they were utter bollocks. You didn't like the bit where it was revealed that he was Khan, whatever it was. Absolutely not. That's such a big no, moment. I thought Jim. that was quite good that they they kept that a secret. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was good, but it wasn't much of a secret. Talk about spoilers know. if you haven't seen the second film. Yeah. Oh, bollocks! That was years ago. I mean, There's a statute of limitations on that. If it, you cared enough about not knowing that, you would have seen, seen it already. You've probably seen memes about if, it. If, if you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen the second film, like, don't bother because it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's quite, yeah, it's not. Quite quite it's, not like it. it's, it's a terrible remake well, of a much better film. So was it? So the first film was like them establishing basically an alternate timeline where they could fuck about as much as they wanted, right? And I wish they hadn't done that. I wish they just rebooted it but yeah. anyway second film was then them using that alternate timeline to remake a classic Star Trek story that yeah. everyone loved uh, at the end of which he phones old Spock new Spock <laughs> phones old Spock to ask him how he dealt with cat. like just that is fan fiction like fuck <sighs> off um, so good um, so. so what's the third one then well, give me the framing well, now the third one is another Almost remake of Wrath of Khan, but much better. <laughs> okay. So, so it's got. Um, I know Idris Elba is the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he has uh, that. That villain has a, a bit of a, a twist, oh. to him, which is quite actually quite well played. Um, it's the fiftieth anniversary movie, so um, it had to be good, and it had to. Um, I think uh, it, it was kind of obligated to keep, to pay tribute to its legacy. 
and of course to to Leonard Nimoy and and uh, to a lesser extent Anton Yelchin. But um, yeah, you know he 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 died after they completed the film. So um, poor, there poor was, I've always quite sad about that because he's the same age as me as well. He was so young, so talented as well. But um, so he he does get like a little caption at, at the end um, after Leonard. Nimoy. I would have thought so. Yeah. Um, but uh, it had it had a lot to live up to and a lot to. Um, uh, as I say, a lot to pay tribute to, and it does it really well. It does it in a way that isn't um, annoying and uh, unsubtle. <laughs> like, like the, the the first two films were um, just st- stuffed to the gills with references and things that were that were cringeworthy. This. Um, it makes callbacks to its own continuity. So there's callbacks to the original, to, to the first uh, Abrams Trek film, which which work really nicely. Mm. Um, there's uh, there, there's really nice callbacks to Wrath of Khan, um, but like uh, you know the the. the 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 part of Wrath of Khan where Kirk's just sort of milling about his apartment and, and moaning about <laughs> getting old, and uh, and and not the sort of stupid Khan stuff. Um, so and and the the best thing it does though is that it completely reverses the t- horrendous decision they made in the first two films to really marginalise McCoy. Um, yeah, because the character dynamic they they completely fucked it. Because like you know. It's it's a triumvirate. McCoy's meant to be Kirk's heart. Yeah, yeah, I McCoy, fucking look. Know, Spock's I, meant to be like, his head. Carl Urban is so good as well. He, yeah, he's, he's amazing. He, he fucking nails that role. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. You, you'd think he was just young DeForest Cat. He's that yeah, good. He's so good. And like he's he in the first two films he was completely marginalised and he was just he was just comic relief almost. And you're like, but in this one he is that like that that core. The triumvirate is is intact and and they basically do away with the whole Spock Ahura relationship because like why why just that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, I did kind of like it as a, a sort of like you weren't expecting that, were you? In the first one, yeah, because everyone thought she was going to. You weren't expecting it because it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so it, it's almost like it kind of fixes things that were definitely wrong with itself. Um, do you think that might be because? Uh, Simon Pegg is is a big sci-fi kind of nerd, and he would maybe identify that a bit. I, I more get the easily. impression that I mean, because uh, Simon Pegg co-wrote it, right? Yeah. And uh, there's a new director who's yep. who's apparently a big Trek fan. Oh, I, how much lens flare is there then? Now is there less lens flare? N- n- not to a noticeable degree. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no. I, I the, the the impression I get with this, and this might make, make me sound like a total wanker, but like you get you get the impression that the first two were written and uh, directed by people who not only didn't really understand what Star Trek was or what it was supposed to be, whether or not you like Star Trek, but uh, they they just seem to not understand what it is and what it's meant to be. Mm. Um, or, or they just didn't care and just wanted to make Star Wars. Um, well, even like even I, who I'm not really that big yeah. of a fan of, of Star Trek certainly not the original series is, is not one that I've been into but mm. even I know that there is absolutely no point in taking that scene where Spock sacrifices himself and then changing it so that it's Kirk doing it you can't flip because, reverse that because the, the entire point of that moment is that it was Spock doing that like yeah. for fuck's sake mm. mate even I know that it, yeah, it's it, it's 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 bizarre, and now and of course that that moment kind of set, sets up the third film and yeah, the, yeah. The, the the remember moment with the anyway. Sorry. As an aside, as well, I would yeah, like to say I think it's quite funny that you were like this might make me look like a wanker, but <laughs> that has ever stopped you before. No, absolutely not. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Star Trek Beyond is the first Star Trek film in what since well since Star Trek Six that is actually a a good Star Trek film, and and understands its source material and understands what these characters Which one was are. Six, Jim. Star Trek Six was I think it was nineteen ninety one, and it was the one. Um, was it the last one? It, it, it was the last original series film. I saw that at the cinema. Yeah, so did I. I was very young. Had CGI blood in it, didn't it? Yeah, the the CGI Klingon blood. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. wow. that was great. Because it was like it was political intrigue. It was a murder mystery. It was great. But uh, yeah, and then and then Star Trek Generations came out and the fucking rot set in. Um, <laughs> so I mean, you know, this isn't like I'm not like oh the reboot films are terrible because one yeah. thing people always come out with well well the other films are terrible as well. But and it's like well actually. They weren't. There, there, there was this some really key good Star Trek films, particularly basically two, three, four, and six are exceptional films by any fucking metric, as far as I'm concerned. And then the rest of them are terrible. So like, it's not. This isn't like Star Trek 2009 and Star Trek Into Darkness don't commit this cardinal sin of being two bad Star Trek films when there weren't any before, but what they do do is is just fail to um they're not star trek they're just they're just fucking it, it's very generic sci-fi but beyond reverses that beyond is yeah. a great star trek film Ooh, I've got wow. a question, as well as got a very important oh, here we question. Go. yeah yeah mm. What does Trek BB think about the new film? Trek BBS, I've got absolutely no idea. I don't go and be in there since I was like... Are you sure, Jim? Well, I mean, I did have a look at the topics, <laughs> but I wasn't posting or anything. One of my favourite uh, Twitter accounts is, uh, it's like, I can't remember what the handle is, but it's like tweeting pretend synopses for um, Star Trek TNG. Is it TNG season eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They never have it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. That's a book now. Is it? Yeah. Amazing. Who, who's your favourite uh, captain? My favourite captain? Yeah. Um, I can never decide between Cisco and Picard. I can never decide between Janeway and Picard. Why is Janeway one of your favourites? Because she's awesome. She's horrible. She's terrible. Anyway. um, Who's your favourite captain, Tom? Just Picard by default, because I didn't watch the other ones, really. So, But I watched a lot of Next Generation, so... Mm. Riker's great as well. Love Riker. I think... It's like... I think I Cisco is like a right-wing version of Picard, though. So I think that's... <laughs> he's like the Republican version of Picard, and Picard's the Democrat version. I think that's what it boils down to. Oh, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, but, you know, Chris Pine's Kirk is, is, is really coming to his own as well. Like the, that was another frustrating thing about these films, was that the cast was like the best thing about it, but they had shit films to be in, mm. and it was really annoying. It was like Matt Smith, right? It was like, he's, he's the best doctor we've ever had, but the scripts are all fucking terrible. Yeah. So he's like Colin Baker, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, I saw an amazing joke as well, by the way, and it's yeah. a soft topic, but someone said in the next Ghostbusters film that uh, Kevin, the uh, the assistant, should yeah. be in a band called Kevin and the Kevins, and it's just it's Chris Hemsworth, and then the other Kevins are Chris's Brian Pratt <laughs> <laughs> and Evans. Sick. That could work. Yeah. That would work. It would be really but good. Yeah. Oh, I took my kids to see Ghostbusters as well. That was the other thing. Did they like it? Yeah. Well, the my eldest liked it. Um, they're all they're all uh, girls as well, so um, that's probably significant. But uh, my eldest loved it. The middle one um, uh, thought it was too scary, and the youngest one just sort of wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Um, but the eldest loved it, so you know. Um, but yeah, Star Star Trek. Beyond, it's good. It's good. It's, it's a buy. Beyond a joke. <laughs> um, uh-huh. it's, no, it's it's good. It's it's 
surprising and I was very you know I was like I had a bit of a moment after it I was like fuck, oh, fuck I just saw a nice. good Star Trek film for the first time in what like you know almost 20 years oh. so it was good wow there you go and that does actually segue quite nicely into what I'm going to talk about because I did uh, a couple of weeks ago I got the chance to try uh, an exclusive Mac line of Star Trek 50th anniversary makeup mm. which is all like all the lipsticks called like cling it on and oh, like the, the this is this is real there's a lineup of make there's a yeah, makeup yeah well make like Mac Cosmetics mm. who it's very expensive and it's not a very ethical have you been paid company, to say this no 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 I, I do like Mac makeup um other alternative makeups are available mm. but they do um lines to tie in with films so uh the troll kids film out there oh sorry my mic's mic shield is falling um so they did trolls that movie that's out of the minute they've got a line of makeup for, mm. for trolls and they're doing a 50th anniversary of star trek special line is of makeup trolls is in the trolls that are around when we were kids jim yeah those ones movie. with the red hair and stuff yeah. oh. Sure. oh those things those yeah, yeah. they're mm. back they've got a film yeah justin timberlake did the music for it you oh, know yeah. justin timberlake turned up at the eurovision song contest and did a song yeah song. sunshine in my pocket that one yeah that one mm. <laughs> yeah yeah dad tom yeah. um yeah, that song is, is like one of the soundtrack songs for the, oh, right, the Trolls yeah. film. Yeah. There you go. And uh, Mac are doing a line of 50th anniversary Star Trek makeup. Oh, cool. Uh, and yeah, the lips, there's lipstick called like Cling It On. The powders are called like Trip the Light Fantastic and shit like that. Um, and like this. Is that, is that a reference to Enterprise? Is that, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I got to try it eight weeks and buy try and buy eight weeks before it's in store because it was at comic-con in yeah. san diego which is where i yeah, was a where you weeks were ago. yeah i'm sure i was much missed by all our listeners but yeah i was on holiday so i was at comic-con the the premiere kind of we were raging in the office because nothing was getting done yeah so. there you go um but i'm yeah. putting the, i'm writing this all down to tom there. <laughs> <laughs> writing this all down for my next review mate. yeah yeah um so yeah, it was great Comic Con. It was good. San Diego's a nice city, but you can tell like all the locals fucking hate Comic Con when it comes around. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they get like 150 or something absurd like that, like extra people just in their city. That's quite fun. It's quite weird how that mirrors because uh, San Diego's twinned with Edinburgh. And yeah. Edinburgh, of course, has the exact same thing when the festival's on. Like yeah. everyone in Edinburgh hates the the one cultural event that has any significance <laughs> that happens there. So, you know. So, yeah, we were there. So, Comic-Con is a five-day event. So, mm. it runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And there's yeah. a preview night on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, you can get tickets to look at the, the con floor before anyone else goes. Um, we only got tickets for Thursday and Sunday because it's first come, first served. And Friday and Saturday sell out before any of the others yeah. because that's when you have the big Hall H Mm. things with you know like all the marvel film trailers are shown and shit right. and all that kind of stuff um so thursday was actually quite quiet you know relatively speaking yeah it was still busy and full of all sweaty nerds and uh <laughs> and then, of which i was one because san diego is hot yeah yeah it's I mean, a hot city i mean it's, it's just it's fine like yeah. it's acceptable there like, yeah yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and Sunday had much more of a I think a bit of an atmosphere but it was still it was winding down a little bit but there was much more mm. stuff so on Thursday there wasn't as much stuff in the city around Comic Con uh, and on Sunday there was there was loads of stuff That's more cool. stuff had popped up there were loads of games cool. like Squeenix had a little um, like Lara Croft climbing wall oh, cool. shit thing out in the city with like fake snow being blasted and stuff mm. Um, and like, like Adult Swim 
Adult Swim, Adult Swim, <laughs> mm -hmm. Adult Swim had a um, like a fake kind of fun fair on the green mm. behind the the convention center and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun. It was a really nice atmosphere, and, and everyone's having a good time. There were loads of really good and really weird uh, cosplays as well. Yeah. So there was like a Boba Fett guy, like a guy in full Boba Fett armor, but it was like Pikachu painted <laughs> and then there was a, uh, a woman in like a, a massive like a proper miss piggy like head that would you know with like full like miss piggy face and hair and everything but then uh dressed as a uh, supergirl um or possibly <laughs> wonder woman um, mashups are the, are the thing now aren't i fucking they? love mashups like, there was uh a girl was i took a picture of was dressed as princess mononoke yeah, yeah. and she had a, her she had a deg with her that she'd <laughs> put some um fur like fake fur around to make him like a wolf it was really sweet mm -hmm. um so I, those I, are really cool stuff. i'm just finding this funny because while while, while this was going on with you yeah. i was in hartlepool <laughs> and saw a man standing on the street <laughs> In an Iron Man costume holding a sign for two for one pizzas. So there you go. Uh, well, there is a lot of that in this city as well because uh, like everywhere in San Diego, just it, like they obviously have yeah. like a fucking cardboard cutout of like Batman that they fucking get out every year and they put it in the window. <laughs> and they're like, oh, like I, we went into uh, a, like a, a convenience store and it was quite yeah. a big one. Uh, and it's where I bought I bought a load of like sweets and shit to yeah, yeah. the office. Um, but they had like. Oh, they had a wine display that had a suit of armor in the middle of it. Yeah. And he was holding a quote from like Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. And I was like, well, first of all, it's like a full sized set of armor. Yeah. And second of all, what? Like, <laughs> and then they had like. Is, is this meant to be Dornish wine? I don't know. I think, yeah. And that like. Uh, every every single like waiter or waitress in the city is wearing like an incredible Hulk t-shirt or something. <laughs> Fucking hell. Just something that clearly yeah, comes yeah. out like once a year. And they're all like, we went to see um, Harmon Town Live, Dan, Dan Harmon's podcast mm -hmm. being recorded. And he kind of talked about the same thing because I'd noticed it and I'd noticed how dead behind the eyes they all were and how obviously not engaged with, mm. <laughs> with comics they were. And yeah. Dan Harmon was like, yeah, they're just like, every, they're just like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> Fuck you, nerds! It's you this week. It'll be Japanese tourists the next week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What but was, it, the, was the biggest food item you ate? Oh, I ate loads of it. Yeah, I put on weight. Was there like one so particular thing that was just massive? Um, you had a big pizza, didn't you? I had a massive pizza. In, yeah, that was I saw in you San Francisco. A photo of a pizza slice that was the size of your head. Yeah, um, I had three of those yeah. slices of pizza. That's pretty cool. It was amazing. They were really good as well. And everyone in there was like. It was it was in San Francisco, and all the people that worked there were like these dudes that were in like three quarter length like baseball t shirts, and they all had like caps mm. on backwards and shit. And they were all like, "Oh yeah, you want a pizza? That's awesome! Let me get you a pizza." And like, you got you got the impression that like when they turned up at a party, they'd bring more cans and they drink, and like they either have on them or, or know someone who can get like really good weed, but mm. like kind of mellow and like. <laughs> which is really fun I had a 10 egg omelette in Vegas <laughs> that was mad I just ordered an omelette it didn't say it was 10 that, eggs that just sounds like something Miller would order I like, sent Miller a picture of it and he was he, he just immediately sent me a text back in all caps being like oh my god <laughs> um, but yeah Comic Con is really fun I would definitely mm. recommend it as, as a you know a one time experience don't is bother it, queuing for any shit what's though. it like, is it like do you think it's a family thing or do you think it's better uh, for older, older people no I think well 
it depends how old your kids are if mm. they're too young then they are just going to get tired and hot and they're going to want to leave and mm, yeah. I think if they're a little bit if they're like 10 and up probably around their age then, then they're going to get more out of it right. uh, it is getting increasingly adult though I would say because they've got more you know like the, the the TV show stuff and like the Walking Dead's mm. there and stuff um, I guess comics in general are appealing more to adults yeah so. I guess it's heading that way um, and uh it's a lot of queuing as well if you want to get in like people are queuing yeah. for Hall H two days before mm. they wanted to get into it we tried to get into a panel to see Silicon Valley yeah mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't get in because people had been s- sitting in seats to see it for like three hours before it happened mm. which doesn't help anyone because it means you have to sit through something you don't want to see yeah those the people on those panels have to speak to an audience that don't want to see them and then people that do want to see those panels don't get this so it's it's a bit of a screwed up system mm. so it's like they need like some kind of ticket system for the actual panels. they have a kind of ticket ticketing system for hall h now so if you're one of the the first five thousand people in the queue that day then you will get given a ticket mm, yeah. and you can then leave the queue and come back Right. But like m- like so much of Comic Con seems to be queuing. Certainly, yeah. like on the show floor, it seems like, to be the way with lots of conventions. Isn't it? Yeah, like, like people you people have to are kind queuing. Of choose for, what you want, and yeah. you have to accept you're going to miss out on some yeah. stuff. But. So like people were queuing for free shit. People mm. queuing for stuff they didn't Did even you get know. Any free like, stuff? No, no. No, I bought some comics. I, I met Matt Fraction at a signing event. Matt Fraction is one of my favorite comic writers, and he's is that from. I'm trying to think of the comic. Come on, you can do it. Um, Sex criminals? Yes. Jesus. Well Ooh, done. There we go. I read quite a lot of comics. You do now on the quiet days, <laughs> like dog. Yeah, uh, so yeah. he he was really nice. he was super nice as well. He was really really nice. We um so he did, he is famous for sex criminals and for Hawkeye. He did a, a really mm. long run of Hawkeye. Um, uh, and he did some uncanny X Men stuff back in the day. But his Hawkeye is really famous, and uh, um his Hawkeye is is uh, has a lot in it about uh clint barton being deaf and stuff and mm. using um american sign language and there was a, a deaf guy in the queue in front of us to get his comic signed and it was really heartwarming because he he had an interpreter and uh to he was saying like uh, you know it's, it was really amazing and really great for me to see you know someone in comics who's a hero and he's showing you know yeah. deaf people and hearing people that you know deaf people can be heroes and, and you know add value and stuff and uh he he said like i really really want I really hope that Marvel will one day put that in the films and that maybe we'll see, you know, ASL uh, in in the films and stuff. And Matt Fraction obviously knows the um, American Sign Language alphabet and he signed back, like, letter by letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, representation is everything. And I was behind this guy in the queue and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he signed my copy of Sex Criminals and drew a dick and a fanny in it. <laughs> so I'm still reeling from the sentence famous for sex criminals. Sex criminals is great. Do you not know about it? No, no, I do know about it, but it's, it's amazing. You know, like, if, if for anyone that doesn't know sex criminals, you should read it. It's great. It's this comic about uh, two people who can stop time when they have sex, and then they use that time to rob banks. So, <laughs> it's, I mean, it just seems like an inc- the most inconvenient <laughs> superpower. But well, it is for for you know for years and years they've not found anyone else like them, and they find each other. It's yeah. lovely. That's, so yeah, yeah. Comic Con was super fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really good time, and I would recommend it. And San Diego's nice city as well. San Diego Zoo not worth it. We went to the zoo; it wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah, nah, but, sounds know. cool. But uh, but I mean, I'm told that San Diego is a lot nicer than LA. So we uh, didn't go to LA. We be well, everyone, everyone was like, everyone we spoke to was like, yeah, LA is not that great. 
So that was rubbish. <laughs> we weren't going anyway. It was horrible. Um, um, yeah, it was really bizarre because when you, when you were in uh, San Diego, um, I had friends who were also at Comic Con. Yeah, it was um, weird. You know, and then uh, and then when you went to San Francisco afterwards, yeah. I also had friends who were in San Francisco at the same time. Oh no! Um, so it's like the the entire world is revolving around California at the moment. So yeah, um, yeah, but no, yeah, it was it was really fun. Oh, also like all the Game of Thrones cast were there as well. Apparently, oh, cool shit. And Dan Harmon talked about it because apparently they're all fans of Rick and Morty, and Rick and yeah. Morty's getting huge now. Oh god, yeah, they're massive. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, loads of people were wondering about with one of the free bits of tat you could get at yeah. the Adult Swim Green was a, a body pillow that had Mr. Poopy Butthole on it. <laughs> so well, people were wondering about with with that. Were you at the thing where they did the Rick and Morty um, court? Yes, I should totally talk about this. Well, we, so, were you in the, in the in the audience for that? Yeah, like, I've watched that like fifty times. It's incredible. <laughs> you probably hear me screeching with laughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at Harmon Town Live, they showed two things. They showed a rough uh, cut a rough animatic of a scene from uh, the new series of Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. which was really funny. It was just I, like the one joke I really remember from it is that like Rick's like um, getting the, getting the Thunderdome because it's like they're in a kind of Mad Max society or mm-hmm. something. And like he tells Morty to, to fight them in the Thunderdome. And then one of the people is like, oh, we don't call it the Thunderdome. And Rick goes, take that to the semantics dome, <laughs> which really made me laugh. Uh, but um, at Harmontown, they also played this 10-minute uh, audio, like a transcription basically surfaced on the internet a few weeks ago that was a real transcription, like word for word, from a court stenographer of a case that happened mm. in... Uh, Georgia. I want to say Georgia, yeah. It was Georgia. Um, uh, between a criminal... like Basically, this criminal <laughs> was saying he wanted a new lawyer and the judge sort of argued with him and it really escalated. <laughs> it just escalated into uh, this, like, this... this Shouting match between uh, a, a, a judge. No, the, the the judge ends up sort of daring the criminal to get his dick out. It's, like, <laughs> it's it, so it, good. It was unbelievable. But it, but like it, as a Rick and Morty script, so it what, works. Yeah. So what they did is they 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 were reading it in the office apparently, and they were like, "Well, we've got to we've got to do this." So Justin yeah. Roiland went into a booth and he recorded both parts. So the judge he recorded the judge as Morty, mm-hmm. and then he recorded the defendant as Rick, and. Uh, like and they just put it together with uh, some little um, pencil kind of animations yeah. from one of their artists and it was so good it's just, so funny it, it is now on YouTube and they showed the full thing at Harmontown and then I think the next night they showed it at uh, Rick and Morty on the green as well yeah but it, it, was so it's just, it was one of the best things I've ever seen it's kind of it was one of those things I was hoping that it would never surface online so I could be mm. like oh yeah I was there when they showed yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> but you should look it up if you're listening you should look it up because it's just so funny I, I mm couldn't i couldn't breathe and there is like it really has a journey to it like there are so many ups and downs because you start off and you're kind of you're really on the judge's side because like this guy is is clearly being really difficult and uh then it kind of there's the point where you sort of flip and you're like oh shit that's something the judge says (laughs) yeah yeah and then and then you flip back because then like the the defendant threatens to kill the judge's family (laughs) yeah so it really like it's, it's quite a roller coaster. It really sequence. is an emotional roller coaster, and yeah, it's yeah. it's really funny the way they've done it, which is really good. But he like Dan Harmon also told a story where uh, he was on like a boat, a yacht with like uh, some staffers from Harmontown and uh, mm. Rick and Morty and stuff, uh, and Justin Roiland and like Justin Roiland was like up, up the bar with like the cast of Game of Thrones, being like, "Do you shots?" and um, uh, and then they went to a club afterwards because the guy that plays Hodor is also a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, they turned up late and his set had already finished but uh, their friend was like oh yeah no he already did his set and uh, said like apparently like in one of the the drop like not the drop in one of the, the gaps like he just kind of brought the music down was like how's everybody doing tonight and everyone just went hold on <laughs> <laughs> and then he apparently kind of just sort of shook it off like it, it didn't really enjoy it, it was just like it's just a job like in character yeah yeah please don't do <laughs> please right? don't do that again. exactly but um, uh yeah comic-con was really fun uh oh my favorite uh cosplay that i saw that i didn't manage to get a picture of was han cholo so it was mm. a, a latino uh han solo with his uh his wife and his his kid was like rtd2 but also wearing a sombrero it was great <laughs> yeah. it was amazing but yeah. they were crossing the road in the opposite direction so i couldn't get a picture of them yeah. but it was really sweet uh and I guess also I'm going to keep talking because I've been playing Batman, Telltale Rock. And oh, Batman, yeah, yeah. So. You just started playing that today, right? I did, yeah. yeah. It's great. And my main takeaway so far is that I kind of fancy the penguin in it. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's not... It's. I mean, I, I'm still working on the review. I'm, I'm right now, right now. But, um, <laughs> like, they've... I, I think they've had a difficult job because there's so much there's so much Batman around right now, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they've had to... I guess put it in a context that sort of feels, uh, mm-hmm. you know, new and a bit distinct. Is it? Is it like old Batman in terms of like the old, like the TV show kind of Batman, no. or is it like new <laughs> modern Batman? It's like it's more like new modern Batman. It's more so that when when they've said it, basically, is that Batman has been <clears throat> being Batman for a bit, mm. but he's not been being Batman for so long that people like him. So I probably maybe like a year, about a year, mm. I'd say maybe two. Because the police still kind of hate him. Uh, Jim Gordon is is not a commissioner yet. He's a he's a lieutenant mm. or a lieutenant, I should say. Uh, and like he he meets Catwoman for the first time in in the chapter that you play. Uh, Harvey Dent is running for mayor, so he's not. Oh yeah. right, okay. So it's that. Um, and then the the penguin is uh, he's called Oz, and he's like a childhood friend. Yeah of batman and he's a bit of a like wrong side of the tracks kind of ruffian with like a he's got an undercut like buzz undercut hairdo and like mm-hmm. a trench coat and he's like it's terrible accent but he's pretty hot and uh, <laughs> yeah when, and you, the, when you tweeted about fancying him i was like you fucking i fancy the penguin because you know, the first thing you think of is danny, is danny DeVito. DeVito, right, despite yeah. the despite the thing you tweeted afterwards but you know what though like yeah You'd kind of think about it, wouldn't you? Just because it's Danny DeVito. Like, you know, if Danny DeVito offered, you'd, you'd have pause. Absolutely not. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, so it is, they, that's, they, I think they've made it distinct enough that it does feel kind of like its own thing. Yeah. And yeah. I think saying it then does help to make it feel like you kind of are shaping So Batman. this is like Batman kind of still fighting the mob kind of. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Falcone's in it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, they've given it a bit of a t- sort of twist. I mean, it's only the first chapter and the first chapters I find of Telltale are never really that good because they're mm. kind of out of context and sort of setting up the whole rest of the thing. Um uh, and there is a bit of a kind of twist and a suggestion in it that could be really interesting for the rest of it, and they're kind of a different take on the Wayne family, which could be really interesting. Um, but it does, like, sometimes it's so... Because cause you're trying to, like, shape Batman, mm. and obviously there's a kind of moral element to it, because, mm. like, most Batman stories are really about the struggle between him being Batman and him being Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah, yeah. I would think that's fair to say that a lot of them are about that. And this is not different. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of this, like, there are some lines in it where, like, 
because you're trying to, you're basically choosing between whether he's going to be a full on fucking psychopath or a more of a, a measured kind of, you mm. know. I'll be psycho every time. Watchful protector kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so there's a bit like, where, like, there are lines in it, like, there's one point where Bruce Wayne is, like, talking about his parents' death, and he's like, I can never forget that night. And Alfred goes, that is your gift, sir. It is also your curse. <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> really? So there are, there are a f- quite a few lines like that where you're like, fuck off. Like, yeah, is, there, yeah. is there any combat in it? Like, there it's- is. Um, it's kind of a bit like, if you played like the Walking Dead mm. ones, it's kind of a bit like that. So it's like kind of QTE, like yeah. push the the stick in this direction mm. and press square yeah, at the yeah. right time and stuff. telltale combat is well Brexit yeah so that's what like a lot of it is um, more based around Bruce Wayne so it's sort of 50-50 Bruce Wayne than 50-50 him being Batman I think yeah. but uh, it's yeah it's quick time combat and there's there's a detect- detection scene in it right. where you walk around a crime scene and you're like oh look at this thing mm. um, but it's it's like I don't think it's that great but I think the rest of it has potential to be better yeah. off the back that of this. sounds really cool though i mean i'm intrigued that first kind of uh trailer they did with the radio and stuff happening was was intriguing yeah enough, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's still like vicky vale's in it and stuff and like there's all yeah, there's yeah. all stuff you'll recognize and there's a bit that i didn't because i haven't really read like loads of batman co- i've read a, f- a couple of batman comics i haven't read loads of them and there was a bit where like the batmobile was disguised as a ferrari and i was laughing at it until miller was like oh no yeah. that's kind of from the comics and i was like oh, fucking hell really <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I think I like. I don't think this one was amazing, but I think the rest of it could be good. Mm. Um, Sounds pretty standard for Telltale. These yeah, days right. Then, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but so yeah. maybe if you're thinking about getting it, maybe wait a bit, see see how the rest of it mm. is kind of received. Cool. There you go. Uh, all right. It's, is there anything else that anyone would like to bring up? Otherwise, we'll move on to questions. No. Questions. It's question, question yeah, time. Questions. Let's do question time. Okay. Uh, so, as always, we put out a call for questions mm-hmm. on Twitter. We are at VideoGamerCom. Yeah. Uh, on a Tuesday, we asked a question for our podcast. Uh, I, I think we're, uh, we're a bit rushed, so we haven't had many responses today. Um, but we will nevertheless go through them. So, uh, Tom Bickmore, friend of Video Gamer Bickers. He says, do you have any physical games, Guff, that you're actually happy you own? I ordered my Firewatch photos printed, for example. Hmm. No. You don't have any tat? I don't really, I don't really, I'm not really into all that kind of, st- like, little mini statues and stuff, really, I guess. Dave has loads of that shit, doesn't Dave he? Dave has loads of it, yeah. I don't but think I've ever bought a collector's edition. No, even, like, is there, do you not have any games-themed stuff that you kind of like? I've got a, well... I've got a um, sack boy that's in my son's bedroom. Yeah? It's quite cool. There you go. Nothing else? No. No? No. What about you, Jim? What was the question, sorry? Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> what game tag have you got that you actually like? What physical game Absolutely, stuff do sorry, you have? That, That's what I thought it said, but <laughs> I, was, I was incredulous as to the... <laughs> Uh, no, um, uh, abs- none. The, the, I don't like any game tat. I usually get rid of it. None. Wow. I mean, there's been loads of like flash drives that have nicked uh, off PRs and stuff from kept, and you know, sometimes they send you a flash drive with a trailer on it. Or whatever. You ever, have you ever bought collector's edition of anything, Jim? Nope. No. Well, no. Shit. Well, no. I think me and Jim are like unusual. I just, I, I don't like games that much. <laughs> don't say that. Like, I'm not going to fucking say. spend extra money. Don't on write it. in. <laughs> um... I have got like some game game stuff that I really like. I've got a um, copy of a um, poster from Bioshock, uh, the first Bioshock. Uh, 
Oh, cool. Which is um, like what their New Year's Eve ball poster that you can see in one of the rooms. It's got like the, the rabbit ears on it and stuff. I've got one of those mm-hmm. that Jim got me. And I've got a, a plushy um, turret, gun turret from Portal that you can put batteries in and it's got a motion sensor in it. And when you walk past, it'll say like, I see you and then do a little shooting noise. And if it falls over, it goes like, oh dear, and stuff. It's good. That sounds fun, at least. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, good. That was, the be- that was kind mm. of the best bit in Portal. Um, I really put my fucking foot in it once, because um, I was with uh, uh, the people I live with, um, who are also, you know, really good friends of mine, historically, yeah. um, in Forbidden Planet, and I saw a, uh, a companion cube plushie, and I said, imagine being the sort of cunt... <laughs> Who owns a companion cube plushie? Oh dear! And uh, and one of them was that sort and of. Cunt. My friend said, "I have one in my room." Ooh! So I was like, "Wow, you know, you know the sort I mean." <laughs> so uh, my name was Mud for about a week after that. I once tweeted like no. um, a screen cap of of something like someone saying like, you know, the sort of guy, the sort of guy whose favorite films are Reservoir Dogs and. Uh, uh, fight club that sort of guy if you're dating one of those guys just run and I was like yeah this is true and then I got a load of responses that were like what's wrong with liking this film so good film. <laughs> and I couldn't like there's just that guy you know who who kind of really likes fight club but doesn't get it yeah you know what I mean <laughs> yeah like like doesn't realise that it's kind of a critique of all, and like Tyler Jones a dick like and he's meant to be a dick in it not someone that you you idolise kind of mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. kind of guy yeah yeah that's the kind of guy I meant uh, so yeah I have some games that I have a little um, figurine of Ezio from Assassin's Creed as well I, I'd have one of them to be fair I yeah. like Ezio you don't even have Assassin's Creed stuff Jim absolutely not of course I don't <laughs> what about an Assassin's not. Creed t-shirt got any of those uh, got, got one of those oh you did uh, Jim it was it was given to me um, I didn't I didn't buy it Right. And it wasn't given to me by Ubisoft either. So I've got an Assassin's Creed t-shirt that I bought on holiday before I was employed here yeah. or anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a little black flag one. It's just a stri- black and white stripy top with a, a little tiny little black flag yeah. insignia on, on a breast pocket. It, I, I mean, I think, you, you, you know, it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all right with it. Uh, uh, okay, I think I'm, I'm sure this one is more aimed at you, Jim. Why is the Beastie Boys bit in Star Trek not complete shite? <laughs> its components are prime athletes. Are the Beastie Boys in the new Star Trek, Jim? I mean, they're not in it, personally. Right. I mean, uh, that would be difficult. Uh, but, no, the, the, uh, basically, uh, it's a bit... You can't, can't really explain it without spoiling it. But there, essentially, there is a bit in the new Star Trek. Is there a montage, right, where like one of them finds like an old CD or something no. and it's like, oh, these classic nothing, classical music. <laughs> nothing like that, although they do do the classical music gag and it's bad. Um, but uh, no, there is a bit um, uh, towards the end of Star Trek Beyond, um, which, which is a really kind of classic fried egg chili chutney sandwich moment. It's like none of the components should work but somehow it's just the greatest fucking scene <laughs> and like and you even think during it like i should hate this but i love it and i don't know why but it's amazing um i, I mean to explain any further would would spoil it but it's probably the best moment that those films have ever had mm. and it's just fucking brilliant and it's also a callback to something they were massively criticized for in the first film and I think it was—I think it was a massive kind of middle finger to the people who did criticize. Wow! Them for it. 
and that was one of the things I'd never criticised them for so you know I was in the clear but no I loved it I fucking loved it um <laughs> And yeah, no, I totally agree with him. It, it, that 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 sequence has no right to work, and it absolutely does. So it's one, oh, of, one of these magical can. moments where you know people sort of combine dog shit and piss and somehow make ice cream, and it's you know, wonderful. Beautiful. So yeah. there you go. Uh, that was from at Stupid UK. My beard's stuck in the pop shield. Hang on. <laughs> All right, carry on. We're having a few mic issues today. I'm having to yeah, hold one. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, what have we got here? Uh, at Ooh, at McMahon Man, Ross McMahon. Uh, what game do you think will disappoint more people? No Man's Sky, Final Fantasy VII re- remake, or Shane Mui Three? Shane Mui Three. Really? Mm. Would disappoint more people mm. numerically. No Man's Sky because that's that more more people will play that than play the other two. Final Fantasy VII will it will will. Uh, who knows it's going to be dog shit so you, you you think more people numerically speaking I think more people numerically be, speaking will be playing what about Sky, so I think statistically what about amount of total disappointment <laughs> if we're talking percentages yeah yeah <laughs> uh, percentages I think uh, Shenmue 3 by far will be the most devastatingly dis- disappointing thing because of all the 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 backing. I think it's just been it's been so long in yeah. terms of people have wanted it for such a long time and it's probably not gonna be the game like it probably doesn't have the budget that it really needs and no. it just feels like there's a lot more mm. time to, to get what you want that to be in your head and then it's just not gonna be that. It's like so. it, they're trying to make a you know a hundred million dollar game on what, fifty mil or something? It's, it's mm. not it's, it hasn't got the budget and I think it's it's just not it's not going to live up to it's got actually oddly enough the same problem all those three games have the same fucking problem actually mm-hmm. where they like in No Man's Sky's case it's just been the idea of it has been around long enough mm. uh, for versions of that game to exist in people's heads yeah. um, that the actual game will never live up to and it's basically what Burns was saying in his article yesterday yeah. on, on the subject of No Man's Sky's hype. And I think that definitely applies to a, a Final Fantasy VII remake as well. The seed was planted when they did that PS3 demo. Final Fantasy yeah. VII remake can't be any worse than the original, can it? Well, this so, is the thing I really didn't like. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't like get it. Final Fantasy. I really don't get Final Fantasy VII. Mm. Uh, and the only Final Fantasy that I enjoyed was I quite. I kind of got on board with ten, but mm. the one I enjoyed most was ten too, which is the fucking stupid one that most people don't like because mm. you have to be like, oh no, I can't heal. I'm wearing the wrong dress. Um, but I think that my my hope will be that the Final Fantasy VII remake will be shit. <laughs> And then everyone will realise that it was shit all along. <laughs> because my That's theory, funny. right, is that everyone's just pretending to like Final Fantasy VII. Because everyone else is. And no, eventually, nobody likes Final Fantasy. Because at reality. the time, when it came out, like a lot, a lot of it, in terms of like the... You know, I remember this because I'm old, but a lot of the kind of hype around it was to do with like the cutscenes and like the, the pre-rendered backgrounds. Everything looked nice about it. And you actually play it and it's like, couple of weird triangle people wandering around on the whole yeah, looking yeah. map and then suddenly you're fighting something every time you move half an inch which i didn't really enjoy but i'm sure some people did really get into it i know i know for a fact some people did love it but it just that kind of game mechanic and the way that worked was not for me well i'd like I, I just think I mean I've I've tried to like it I've dated mm. people that were well into it I had to watch that Advent Children film mm. that they did of it 
because yeah, my boyfriend at the time was in well in, into it. It was fucking dreadful. <laughs> that was a shite film. Yeah. But did, did you guys talk about No Man's Sky last week? About I can't remember when the thirty hours thing. I think that was probably. I think that's probably this week that's happened. That was well, yeah. I'm, should I'm, we briefly discuss that now? We're on the so subject like, of No Man's Sky. It's a weird Sky. thing, isn't it, to yeah. be angry about something that's thirty hours long? Because um, yeah. I like I think that's a, an acceptable length people, of time, is I it mean, not? I don't really. I haven't really read much about it because I'm mm. trying to avoid as much as I can in terms of like proper, like yeah. in depth like spoilers. But yeah. I don't um, know whether they've like. I assume without having read anything that thirty hours is like they've. I don't know finished whatever it is that is finished. Quite unquote finished, right? But then I assume you can just do more. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's not. It's, like, it's a game without end. Though. Yeah, I mean, that's like you. You might be able to. The goal is to find the middle. Yeah. Of the universe, right? I so mean, that's sort of. I, I mean, I think the way Sean Murray described it was that it was that was certainly one of the end games. That was one of the goals. Um, possibly even the central goal if I'm inclined but it's not it's not the end of the game the game has no end so yeah. it, it's, it just depends on what you want to get out of it really but all games most most games end don't they it's not like it's this game should be particularly criticised for the fact that it took someone 30 hours to finish it like yeah. how many oh, games oh God, 30, 30 hours well yeah. I don't know what the floor because there it does seem to be a point where people say like huh this isn't very long for a full price game and I'm not sure where the line crosses over. It, it changes on, game, doesn't it? it changes People on every game. Such mm. weird, like the expectations for different types of game. Like yeah. an RPG, if it was like eight hours, you'd be like, eight hours. But if Call of Duty's eight hours long, you're like, yeah, good, good length campaign. It's a really, really odd thing that people do the opposite with Bethesda games. I've noticed because there, there are there are people who claim that they spend eight thousand hours, for example, playing Skyrim. And I'm like, <laughs> doing what? Yeah, exactly. There is not eight hours. There, there, there are. That game isn't that long. You can you finish everything so, Skyrim has to offer in like If you see me play Fallout 4, you'd realise that some people can take a long time doing <laughs> you know, quite fucking, simple things. I fucking thought about that the other day. That was mm. one of the earliest things I did here was write yeah. a guide about how to level up in Fallout 4, yeah. specifically because you couldn't fucking work out how to do That's it. That's because whoever designed that menu is bad at designing menu. Like that. Absolute that, bollocks. That screen is badly designed. I, oh my God. I'm glad that I've been here long enough now that you can't fire me for saying that. A degree in software engineering that included a module on interface design. So I'm more qualified than all of you two to talk about And yet you couldn't work it out. Exactly. It's bad design. Whatever. I like the game, but that screen's bad. But yeah, we were talking about, because we talked about No Man's Sky the other day. Me, Dave and Tom yesterday were the first people in the office. And we just had, we just had a moment, I think, where we were like, oh, I'm quite excited for No Man's Sky yeah, now, actually. I, I, yeah. I, I'm kind of, I think you mentioned that to me earlier as well. Yeah. Like, I've kind of had the same journey with it. I'm, going, I'm at the point now where I'm like, actually, no, I, I am excited. Because yeah. we've kind of all gotten to the point where we're not, the expectation isn't... Um, isn't inflated anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, just sort of more intrigued about what it's going to be rather than. I really hope you can find some weird something. shit. Like yeah. there was a there was. There's going to be sure, a Willy monster. I'm somewhere. not sure who said it on the dev team. It might have been Sean. I'm not sure, but he was saying someone said how in like when they were testing, they found like a planet, and the buildings on the planet were moving around because they took on like characteristics of like animals Ooh. so the buildings were like walking around and being like creatures, and they probably removed that now. But that had been like. Why not just let that kind of crazy stuff happen? I guess maybe it broke completely having skyscrapers wandering around as like animals. But I think being able to discover stuff that probably not everybody else, a few people have seen apart from you is quite a cool idea. Yeah. Hopefully it's not just a lot of wandering around seeing nothing because that I imagine would be quite dumb. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I, 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 I'm really looking for. I'm, I'm working on a video about the, and this is this is a bit inside baseball, I guess. Or actually, I'm, we're using that phrase wrong. I think it's a bit behind the scenes, mm. but I'm working yeah. on a video about the whole thirty hours thing at the moment, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm just at the scripting stage with it, and. I'm kind of deciding still how far into that Reddit thread I want to go because it's it's vast, like and it's such a Pandora's box because like the more the more you go into it, the more it's like I can't really get a, a handle on whether or not the guy actually likes the game. Oh yeah, I mean because his his take on whether or not it's been a good experience for him has is is very fickle yeah. and uh, I'm not saying like he's fickle necessarily I'm just I mean, and he's not reviewing it to be fair he's just telling people about his experiences yeah. so it's like it's not his fault or anything but getting a handle on um, on whether or not he's actually enjoying it I'm not I'm not entirely sure and also trying to pinpoint exactly where uh, where the crowd turns for because some of the crowd have turned against him um and some people so have weird some people turning have turned against, against a man who just played a game exactly <laughs> some people have turned again on sean murray who who urged people to uh not seek out the spoilers yeah, yeah i can totally understand yeah, that you, can, you spent ages yeah. on it you know and you you've made this the, the, his team has made spent years making yeah, this yeah. as a as a box of secrets for people to find and and then all of a sudden there's a reddit thread which is detailing like everything one person has found in that box yeah. and like it must be a little bit disheartening to sort of think oh for fuck's sake like we, we made this so everyone gets there's a lot of there's a lot of people kind of that seem desperate to be down about it like the latest scandal is that Review code is not going out until the game is out. Which, oh, for fuck's sake! Which, such a but that's actually so many people in, do in that. Now, of like, though, like, what I've been told, that isn't true anyway. So we'll see if that actually what happens. Like, why with why it. is but that a scandal when some just, games didn't give out code till after? It's just something that, you know, for whatever reason, there's the assumption that they're hiding the fact it's bad, and it can't possibly be for any other reason. Like if you just have to go back to Doom, which came out what a couple of months ago, yeah, and the same thing happened. Like Never review said, code, ah, it's going to be review shit. code wasn't available to launch, and then it came out and it was really good. So it was really good, yeah. and yeah, the, I mean that's that's happened a few times, and it's it's never people don't seem to get that it's never an indication of the game's quality. It's not necessary. It's not like I mean, the it film could industry. be. It could be. It could it be could bad, be. but it, or equally, it could be simply that they don't want. I mean, it, this is this is hangover from the stuff. film industry, though, isn't mm. it? Because it tends to be if you don't have press screenings, yeah. But I mean, it, it's not quite the same in the games industry because it, it, game games aren't films, and often they're literally not ready until the last second. Mm. And you know that there's there's loads of like there's street dates and there's agreements and blah blah blah. And you can, there's loads of situations where actually because of various reasons other than the quality of the game, just for business reasons, for scheduling reasons, for uh, you know, for all types of reasons, it's just not possible for them to give press access to the game until everyone else has it. Um, sometimes it's bullshit, and sometimes it's totally <laughs> legitimate. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it, it's it, it's really not this hard and fast rule that press haven't got it yet. Therefore, it's shite. It's interesting anyway because a lot of the people who um, who uh, assume that who talk that way about the industry sort of assume that we're all fucking corrupt and paid well, off anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the, the people who sit in the middle of that diagram, I don't know where they get off. But uh, All we're saying is give No Man's Sky a chance. Mm. I think yeah. No Man's Sky is going to be fucking great. But wow, only, this, that's quite it's a It's going to be fucking great, but only 
Um, only if uh, only as the game that it is, and if it has a willy, the game you, you think you, you need be. it to have a willy monster, don't you? Oh, it's gonna have loads of willy monsters. It's gonna have a lo- it's gonna have a willy monster. <laughs> Fucking Pokemon's got a willy monster. Like you know, it's it'll be. Uh, it's it, gone. Not get started on Pokemon. There's a lot of shit going down about that this week yeah, as well, yeah. and I can't be asked to address it if I'm honest. So I'm very much sorry uh, if you're a Pokemon Go fan who wanted to talk about the footprint thing, whatever. But. Yeah. Uh, Nobody cares. <laughs> let's do very quickly. Let's do a couple more. Um, okay. So very quick answers. Then I just saw Napoleon's hat. Says Daniel England at Daniel England ninety five. What's your favourite hat? Uh, Napoleon's. Funnily enough. Really? No. Um, no? I, I don't know. I've never had a favourite hat. Mm. I quite like those collapsible opera hats. Oh yeah. Where you can smash it flat and then knock it out into a top hat again. I quite mm. like them. That's quite yeah. good. I've never even thought about this before. No? I've never, I, I bet, I don't really think about hats in general. Oh, well. When I was in my early, early late teens, early 20s, I used to wear a Batman uh, baseball cap uh, turned backwards and I, I wore it basically okay. every day. Like, and, and then... Do you, know, no, do you know what? We can address this in the, in the Patreon bit of the podcast. Yeah, it was bad. It was terrible. Because oh, anyway. I want to know more about this because I've seen a picture of young you as well. Yeah. So we can talk about I've this at a greater length. Uh, and then very finally uh, James underscore S Wilson James Stelling Wilson uh, if you could choose a game that should never be remade which one should it be never be remade yeah I don't think anything should be off the table for a remake <clears throat> no I don't really I don't, I don't really I don't really think as long as, as long as the original will exist I don't really yeah, care what they exist, do right? I don't care I, what know. they what they remake particularly um, I mean, if anything, I'm keen for games I do like to be remade, so they're modernised and things, but I don't know, I don't really think there's anything that I wouldn't want touched. I don't think anything's perfect. And, you know, we we, we keep doing this. I always think, right, like, people say, like, oh, yeah, the older games are the best. Bollocks. I think we're better mm. at making games now. They look that's, better. That's definitely true. They run better. Like, we can do better shit. Older games were great at the time, mm. but you go back, a lot of these older games do not hold up like yeah fuck mario there's like this nez this mini nez that everyone's getting excited about a lot of people are going to be like uh a lot of these games are a bit terrible now when they actually get one for christmas i think there's a lot of cool stuff on there but a lot of it when you'll you'll struggle to play if you've been used to playing things on a ps4 for the last couple of years all right well on that note if you want to hear more about jim's backwards batman baseball cap yeah. You can join us in the Patreon bit of the podcast. So if you're a patron, you will get this podcast early and you'll get a little bit more of it. Uh, you can sign up to support us at www.patreon.co.com forward slash video gamer. Uh, I tell you what, if you chuck 500 quid into the Patreon, I'll send you the fucking hat. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Except I won't because I haven't got it anymore. Oh, well. That was a joke. They don't know that, Jim. Any hat <laughs> would do. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at VideoGamerCom. Tom, you are... At Tomo. I'm almost at 5,000 followers now, which for me would be a big milestone. Really? And how many are you at, Alice? I'm at like 4-4. Four, mm. four? See, when you started here, yeah. I think... The, there was the I think you said something like you're going to be ahead of me very soon I am and you are but if I can just get 5,000 before you <laughs> that would be something and you'll never have that over me ever right fuck this so right. if you're listening to this and you're not following me go and follow at VGTomo now well if you're listening to this and you're not following me don't uh, follow Alice maybe unfollow VGTomo and, no, and follow mean. at Baby that's Got Bell unfollowing and, and get all your friends to follow at Baby Got Bell as well mm. Jim are you still claiming that you're not on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. Right, you. okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, 
Video Gamer is also on Facebook. Uh, it is also on YouTube, Video Gamer TV. And very importantly, we're also www.videogamer.com. Uh, join us again this time next week. And if you're a patron, join us again very soon. Bye. Bye.